Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Whack, whack, whack! It's time for Bust FC TV, the podcast dedicated to the sick eyes of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brent White. And I'm also a reporter, producer for Decider.com. And this week, I am joined by returning guest, Megan Kay. Hello, Megan! Yay! Hello! What's up? Yes! We are back in a different apartment this time. <clears throat> it's a much nicer apartment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, physically, physically, ooh, guys, there's another podcast I want to do about New York real estate, about the drama going on in my life that is not sitcom related, but honestly, like I could turn into one. No, this is like a serial level podcast crime expose. This could very well end with someone getting arrested at the end. Yeah, it's great. Um, But yeah, last time you were on, we talked about the Munsters. And Monsters playing baseball. <laughs> playing baseball both super well but also super badly and yeah. mostly just walking away at the end of it being like, Lily. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. I think the most mm. positive thing we had to say about the Monsters was like graphic design and title sequence. Mwah. Aesthetics <laughs> were on point. Aesthetics were on point. Yeah, I think it was maybe not a good or the best episode. I should do another. I should do a, give Monsters another go. We should give them another chance. Yeah. They deserve another chance. Cause I'm 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 ride or die Adams family, like obviously because I have multiple Adams family things in my office right now. Nary a monster thing in sight. No, and honestly, if you're going to do this again, you'd probably need a a monsters ride or die because yeah, I yeah. basically wish I was Morticia. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so, but we're not talking about monsters because this week we're actually traveling to May twentieth, nineteen ninety eight. Deep Impact ruled the box office. My All by Mariah Carey topped the charts, which is a song I don't remember. Uh, and ABC aired the Dharma and Greg episode, Invasion of the Buddy Snatcher. Megan, you must have seen Invasion of the Buddy Snatcher before today. Uh, surely no. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I have those seen... What's your Dharma and Greg cred? What's your history? Um, I do remember watching a couple episodes when it first came out, because my parents were both like, 
well, we really only have five channels, so let's see yeah. what's on this one. Yeah. And I just remember it in the context of, like, I literally can't walk away with anything other than, like, in, like, that one Family Guy joke where they're like, what's Dharma and Greg? And she's standing on a table, and he's like, Dharma, get yeah. down from there. And she's is, like, you come up. That, <laughs> that is also... So I I 100% watched this episode when it aired. I remember jokes watching it. I have obviously not thought about this episode in 21 years to the day. <laughs> like, Fair. you know, but, other things have happened. Yeah, but I I was I remember watching the Dharma Greg pilot. I think I might have been a ride or die Dharma and Greg fan. I definitely watched the first two, maybe three seasons of five, uh, and I definitely watched this one. I don't know why <laughs> well no like i i love this show i thought it was hilarious as a 1998 i was almost 14 so cool cool 14 year old i was but <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> just to speak in the language of your people bless your heart yep oh boy no wonder i was no may 1998 i almost had friends i was very close to having friends <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna have friends in a couple months Oh. Didn't then, because um, that's eighth grade. Uh, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I definitely saw this episode. I definitely watched it every week. Um, also because this was, and we'll get to this at the end of the episode, but this was part of a, like, killer ABC Wednesday night lineup. Um, but this week on Must Have Seen Sing TV, we'll be talking about the Dharma and Greg episode, Invasion of the Buddy Snatcher. It is the 23rd episode of season one, the season finale. And was written by Susanna Hardaway and Charles Harper Yates. And directed by Gail Mancuso. Here's how Hulu describes the episode. Dharma engenders Greg's discomfort when she befriends his poker buddies. Megan, how accurate is that description? I think it's probably written very intentionally. I feel like they're really leaning on that word engender. Yeah, that's like, a weird... Because that really felt like a lot of what this episode revolved around. Oh, yeah. Very gender roly. I wonder if it was that clever or if it was like the Hulu, like whoever wrote this was like the word of the day is engender. Or like, <laughs> like I gotta make this interesting for me. <laughs> Source.com. Yeah, what out. is... Yeah. So the episode starts with... One of the most weirdly erotic things I've probably ever seen covering this podcast, probably like, in terms of like a like a pre year two thousand sitcom. The the beginning is Greg and Dharma just sitting on the couch, and Greg already is he holding the lipstick already? He's like, I don't know, Dharma. I don't want to put like li- put lipstick on you. Like he's very incredulous right away. I feel like she's holding the lipstick. Okay, and he's the one who oh, eventually right. like yeah takes on the burden of lipstick. <laughs> Because she wants him to put lipstick on her. Which is not even crazy now because of, like, all of, like, the makeup YouTube videos of, like, uh, boyfriend yeah, yeah. puts on girlfriend's makeup yeah. and does a hilariously disastrous job. Uh, yeah, but this is, like, so she, like, he's, like, oh, okay. And he takes, and then he, like, he like oh, it's red. Like, <laughs> it's very, like, what? And then she, like, he's, like, well, I guess, uh. Pucker up. No, I don't pucker up. In fact, my mouth has to be open. And she does, she references it's what the French guys do. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which I, which I picked up and I was like, what? And Greg internalizes that very intensely where he's just like, eh, French guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. boo. So, but then she's like, do the top first. And then like, now do the bottom. Like now do the bottom. And, it, and it's like, and then while he's putting the lipstick on her, he goes like, Dharma, 
all of the blood in my body has left my head. Or it's, like, not in my head anymore. Because that he has an erection. <laughs> like, and then he lunges. He pounces. Literally. Like. But also he does a pretty good job putting on her lipstick. Can I just say? Okay, like, I was okay, really expecting okay. there to be a joke played where he just fucks it up. Yeah. And, like. No, yeah. yeah he does a solid job. That would have deflated the sexual tension if it had been like if he had like gone up if he had done like the Little Caesars lady in the plane bathroom. That's a very old commercial I just referenced. But like, but no, like they play it for like hot. Like it's they play it to be hot. And and then it just goes to the opening credits, and it's it is. I'm trying to think of other possibly sexy moments I've had in this pie. Like Gomez kissing Marticia's closed clothed arm. Like that's not. Like, that hot. I mean, it's hot, but it's not that hot. Their, I would say, their kind of sexual tension is entirely different from what we see here, where, like, all of theirs is played in, like, subtext and nuance and, like, yeah. vigor. His was just like, I'm a smash your mouth. Yeah, he is like, I'm gonna talk is... about my dick. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay, it goes, uh, it should be pointed out, this is a Chuck Lorre sitcom. This is what he did between Roseanne and, I guess, Two and a Half Men. So, it's really, because Chuck Lorre in the 21st century with Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory has developed a brand of, like, critics hate him, your parents love him, like that, like, middle, it's kind of gotten polarized in a way, but, like, Dharma and Greg, it's weird, I don't think of him doing Dharma and Greg. It doesn't seem as, uh, bro-y and lewd. Even though it kind of is? It definitely is, but you, if you, and I'm sure probably when it's played, you're kind of supposed to be empathizing with the wrong people. Because, like, when I watch this episode, like, I walk away with it thinking, Greg was clearly, like, the douchebag in all of this. Yeah, Dharma's great. (laughs) But, like, maybe, like, is it meant to be kind of where you watch it and you're kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, Greg is justified in his discomfort. Oh, I wonder, yeah. But we look at him, we're like, go Dharma. Dharma's the normal one. Uh, oh, and also just for people who've never watched the show before, uh, Dharma is Jenna Elfman. Uh, delightful, like, manic pixie dream girl, like, genesis almost. Very. High up in Scientology. Uber Scientologist. So, questionable on that air, on that end. Um, and Greg is Thomas Gibson from, was he NCIS? Or Numbers? Or... I don't know who people are in things. He, so. oh god, he was on one of those CBS procedurals for like 15 years, but then he was just fired last year for anger management issues. Honestly, you could kind of see some of that coming through. Yeah, so, right? you know, we're dealing with someone who has anger management issues and a Scientologist. How will these two kids these, make that's it work? The show. That is the show. Man, what if Sea Org comes after me because I trash talks? So I would honestly welcome the publicity. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's what we're dealing with. The opening credits. <laughs> that was really a tangent. The opening credits are the most 1998 thing you could ever see. Oh my god. Literally all it needed to be more 1998 was like the, the S that you drew in all of your yeah. notebooks <laughs> yeah. to be more 1998. Like but playing like a mash game or whatever. Like, <laughs> like fuck. Oh it god. was because it's the two of them in front of what looks like a Sears studio portrait backdrop in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. And bubbles are floating around them. The two of them are basically like holding each other, spinning, being goofy. Yes, and she's also doing this very like 
questionable white woman doing a dance that is kind of meant to be like, I'm oh. doing this like Eastern inspired. Oh, yeah, is she also like, like sitting like cross-legged. She's like yeah. meditating, and he's is he reading a paper in my head? I feel like he's right. Like, and then like the end of it, like there's like yin yang. Yeah, it. they try very hard to like reinforce this like Eastern philosophy. Yeah, because that's what like, she um, is. Uh, it's weird. Uh, and then like, and then the the font is this like bubble letter 3d rendered like it's 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 very it looks like a commercial for like claire's (laughs) like it's it is something (sighs) and it's also that's very much the show so the episode is a poker episode it's it's nominally it's like peripherally a poker episode because every sitcom has to have a poker episode uh, it opens up with Greg and all of his poker buddies doing their poker thing, talking about their, like, you know, what what news anchor do you want to see strip or no lap dance yeah. and, like, very... Uh, what I think is really fun about this scene is that Dharma and her friend Jane are on the steps watching them. Eating popcorn. And also, like, having their own kind of hot take on yeah. these, like, questions that they're firing out. I love... Oh, yeah, because when they're, like... You, which network anchor woman would do the best lap dance? <laughs> Maria Shriver. See, that's where I would have gone, but apparently fear of Arnold runs pretty high. Real, that's, it's really funny. Uh, Darby even calls out, like, hey, uh, best baseball player to be in drag, like Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> like, they don't miss a beat. It's, re- it's yeah. yeah, it's really actually kind of fun. Oh, and I love the joke of when a guy walks in, Dharma's like, that's the guy that's been in poker for two years and none of them know his name. And then they're all like, hey, Captain. It is its own spectator sport. And yeah. none of them then, all of them address him and no one addresses him by name. Yeah. It's really funny. I really love... Which I related to, honestly, quite a lot. Because how many times have I, like, ran into someone and been like, hey, What's the guy? But uh, I really love the dynamic between Dharma and Jane. I remember as a kid thinking that Jane was, like, the star of the show. Like, I thought she was hilarious. Because she's such just, like, a creepo like a great delightful creepo i am obsessed with her like circle of friends after this episode oh yeah where is that show yeah it honestly kind of looks like a batman rogues gallery when you get to it it honestly looks like me (laughs) hanging out with my friends in my friend's basement in the small ass town i grew up in fucking illinois it's such i'm glad we did this episode because we do get to see so much of jane's life and it's pretty rad um so when one of Greg's friends come over and asks Dharma for uh, Tylenol, or like, you know, he has a headache, what do you have? She's like, well, what, you know, something, like, there's like a root that gets to your, like, what's the root of your headaches? Like, what? And then he starts opening up, and the and there's flood gets so open. much going on. And it's funny, because it actually kind of starts as like a demonstration, where she's like kind of talking, she was like talking to Jane, and she's like, here, watch this. Yeah. And like, starts by being like, who's your favorite stooge? And yeah. like, has a Mo. very like, bro moment. Oh yeah, she like, they high five. Right, and then they start getting in, like that was kind of like the thing that kind of made him amenable yeah. to... It was like her cred. She's like, hey, I can hang. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can be a bro. <laughs> right. Which is its own like thing of like, Dharma still has to prove that she can bro in order to like Yeah, speak. she's worth not just being but... like the wife who brings the snacks or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I know, he really like digs into like yeah. Pretty quickly, frankly. Like, oh, yeah. He had some shit to say. He really needed to share. I was actually wondering if we were going down a, like, Dharma doesn't believe in Tylenol <laughs> joke. Because <laughs> I could honestly see that, like, I don't believe in putting chemicals in your body. 
But it's like, as someone that gets migraines kind of often, I'm like, give me whatever. Pharmaceuticals can be your friend. Please. I can't eat red onions anymore. <laughs> That's, that hurts. So then, like, the next, like, we, we slow dissolve, and then we find out that, like, all of Greg's friends. It's like, Greg and Pete have not uh, gone over there, but the rest of them are all like, it's uh, hangout time. <laughs> it's group therapy time over in the corner. And they're all like, just, Dharma's just like, giving them all advice. Yeah, and there's even, like, it's interesting because, like, they escalate it pretty quickly. I think we get, like, one, like, popover point where we also introduce oh, yeah. the, the ducks. The oh, ducks yeah, like, the pool. this happens, and then we find out that, like, Jane, we're like, oh, where's Jane? She's playing Go Fish with Pete and, and Pete and Greg, and Greg hates Go Fish. And then we get, then we cut to the B-plot that is so tiny. Like, it's, like, just, which is, Greg's parents have ducks in their pool. <laughs> Protected species ducks, so they can't yeah. just, like, get rid of them. Yeah, they can't, like, wipe them out. Um, I love Greg's parents, uh, Kitty and Edward. Like, Kitty is this proto-Lucille Bluth, and I really kind of, like, uh, it's yeah. a shame that she, ex- like, when Dharma and Greg was on, we were all about AOL chat rooms, like, we couldn't make gifts, like, you know. Mm-hmm. She missed it, and I was like, oh, like, Kitty Montgomery is so close to being, like, iconic. A great gift. But Lucille Bluth is, Jessica Walter is a treasure, so, you know, you can't replace her at all. Kitty, but Kitty is really good. Uh, And, (laughs) but what does get them out of the pool, what does get the ducks out of the pool is Dharma doing a cannonball into the pool, and they all fly away. Uh, Kitty has this really great line of... Wow, they come right back, I know, they? I know. I had the maid jump in and out of the pool all day yesterday. Didn't do a thing. So then we get, uh, I, I didn't... I thought this was going to be a plot, but it wasn't. But Dharma gets out. She puts on a cover-up so she can take off her bikini underneath the cover-up. And, like, this is obviously an opportunity just for, like, the showrunners to be like, Dharma's free spirit basically means we get Jenna Elfman naked on set. Like, yeah. she was just, like, she had her cover up on, and so she just starts, like, whipping off her bikini, and, like, the yeah. whole joke that's played there is, one, the dad is just, like, completely, because first off, like, they yeah. don't, like, cut away. Like, you no, see. No, it's a one shot. Oh, you see yeah. everything but Jenna Elfman's nip, and yeah. you can find that on your own if you want. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. It is there. Like, it is very, and, like, it's weird. I honestly thought we were going to get, like, a, oh, my, like, a it, a plot of just Dharma's, or Greg's dad thinks Dharma's hot. Greg's dad then has a dream about Dharma. Greg's, like, which is, like, creepy, obviously, but it's like, well, that's a B-plot. Like, that's actually yeah. a thing you can do on this show, and it is instead just a gag. <laughs> because the B-plot is the ducks. Yeah. <laughs> it is so, I wonder if there was a point when the B-plot was actually... Greg's dad has the hots for Dharma, and ABC was like, that's, your show's already weird. You had a weird lipstick fetish thing at the top. Let's not do that. Like, okay, well, we have ducks. You're going to carry the erectile dysfunction thread through the rest yeah. of the show. Yeah, jeez. So, <laughs> that happens, and then there's, but while she's doing that is when she gets a phone call. Or no, a phone call comes, I guess, to the house. None of them have cell phones. This it is... was it was like a cell phone. It was like one of was those it... like weird little. It was like a oh, flippy okay. phone of like very like. This is nineteen ninety eight. So this is I didn't have a phone then. I got my first phone in like two thousand. I think it's a huge Nokia that had a Union Jack faceplate and the Star <laughs> Wars theme as a ringtone. 
Oh, on brand. Yeah. Hashtag on brand. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I got that base plate of the Hot Topic. That makes sense. Um, And it turns out that one of Greg's friends is having problems in the bedroom. A little bit impotent. <clears> um, <throat> well, and that's immediately when we find out that also Edward, Greg's dad, is like, it'll go away or comes and goes. <laughs> Listening raptly to the conversation yeah. as Dharma is consoling the friend. Also mentions taking him to, what was it? Did she say take him to her herbalist? Oh. Like, I, I feel like she was like, I'll take you to my herbalist and like. So this is set in San Francisco. One of San Francisco's is, uh, well, definitely herbalist is code for... Like, they're going to Chinatown. Like, like weed dealer? Or like... No, or like, I thought she was t- taking it to, like, her... I just thought, just assumed, like, uh, her weird, like, white lady Eastern philosophy oh, thing that is, also, like, yeah, I'm gonna works. take you to, like, go get some, like... This is my... Powder, ground, like, whatever, oh, right. from, like, my herbalist to, like, get you... If you wanna you... know, my blind spots are definitely Eastern medicine and also drugs of any sort. <laughs> so this is where I'm just like, uh, I am a Greg... Oh, okay, like, okay. In my relationship, I am a Dharma, but in a different way. Like, I'm definitely, I, I'm definitely a Dharma, but I am not, like, Eastern hippy-dippy. I'm just, like, weird. I was gonna say, I can see, like, you both having opportunities to, like, flex a bit of Dharma-ness. Which I think is how because, a healthy like, relationship works. Yeah, you, you, no. You know, have to have the, there is no, you know, this show paints a false dichotomy of, like, straight-laced dude. No, man, real relationships. You flex. You gotta ground each other. Yeah. Yeah. At any given point, like... I am, well, actually, usually, I am also generally the one who is like, I'm doing lots of things with my arms right now, (laughs) and I can't really explain why, but also feelings. Yeah. It was, uh, I feel all over the place. (laughs) Just all over the place. (laughs) It's just like misdirected feelings all over. Uh, And this is where Greg realizes Dharma is getting too close to his friends. She's up in their business, and he doesn't like it, because you gotta have... Like, the boxes, or... What is... This is also a Seinfeld plot, and I feel like George has a term for it. No, worlds are colliding! This is the death of relationship, mm. George! Mm. Yeah, because when mm. Elaine becomes friends with Susan. Um, Which, like, part of this happens, though, because he's, like, in his office with his, like, super, like, just... You are the whitest and of dudes, <laughs> and... Just yikes. And like, cause I feel like Greg at first was kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. He's, she's helping my friends. It's fine. But then the guy is like, bad influence, Pete. Bad, bad influence. It's true because (laughs) it all goes downhill from there. Yeah. So listeners, if you know, uh, Joel Murray, if you know what Pete looks like, you know what section of the podcast we're in now, which is where I talk about formative crush of my middle school years. Joel Murray, Pete from Dharma and Greg. I didn't realize this was a segment. I mean, it basically is now. It basically is because every episode. That's like I watched so many sitcoms when I was like a teenager, and uh, I just was like, I don't know why I think he's cute. Um, He's Bill Murray's youngest brother. Okay. Uh, Things I know now because I follow Joel Murray on Twitter is all the Murray brothers all have a line of golf clothes. 
Of course. Because they're all, like, huge golfers, but it's called, like, William, William and Murray or something. I can't, has, like, a very, and it's, like, all, like, plaid pants and, like, polos, and, and they, they make all these, like, promo videos of, like, all the bros, like, on the golf course listening to rock music, and it's, it's really sweet, but also, I'm like, who knows? (laughs) Also, he was on Mad Men. He was, um, That's Fred- where I knew him from! Freddie God Rumson. Freddie Rumson. Yes, that was it. <sighs> Sweet Freddie Rumson who peed his pants. He tried so hard. He got better. He got sober. <laughs> God bless. He's honestly probably one of the only characters in Mad Men to have a arc that ends better than where it started, at least. God. Yeah. I mean, Peggy gets better, too. Dawn, it's, I could do a whole Mad Men podcast. Poor Lane. Um... So this is where, like, so one of Pete's main, like, crux of talking is... See you have an affair with Cindy Crawford. I'm not going to have an affair with Cindy Crawford. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but say you did. Who are you going to tell? You can't tell your friends because now they're your wife. Hey, guys. Habeas corpus ex post facto. Which, like, that's also a very 1998. A super 1998 reference. Very reference. And I even feel like 98 might even be, like, waning years for Cindy Crawford. Yeah. I feel like she was, like, early 90s. She's early. Like, she had... So she tried to get into acting in that movie with one of the Baldwin brothers in, like, 95. It might have been called, like, Fair Game or something. Mm. And it was, like, bad. Like, critically panned. Everyone was like, you're not a movie star. (laughs) Like, it did not do well. (laughs) And I feel like after that, it's kind of hard to... When you reach for the stars on that big of a public platform and you come up short, it's just hard. Yeah, that's just kind of reinforcing out. people being like, mm, maybe just stick to walking down a runway. Yeah, please. I think that I also measure what supermodels were hot by who my very straight cousins had on the on their bedroom walls. And they definitely had Cindy Crawford in the early to mid-90s, but then it switched to Kathy Ireland uh, very hard in like the mid-90s. And it was Kathy Ireland from there out. I had a brand of her Kmart shoes. See, I was going to say, she's now like, I'm on the... Getting that Kmart money still. Oh, yeah, she still has that going. <laughs> as long as there's a Kmart, which, like, mm, but. Oh, God. Um, everything's closing. Uh, so then Dharma comes in, and when Greg, like, does Greg, is Greg the one that asks her, like, hey, if I had an affair with Cindy Crawford, I could tell you, right? And then Dharma's like, I would, I would tell you! Boom! Yeah. Canon the Dharma's bisexual. Yeah, bisexual representation! I'm here for it. I also here for it. do feel like the show definitely. Like, I feel like that actually might be a plot point at some point. Because it doesn't... Like, that seems very within the realm. This is post-Ellen. Ellen came out a year before. You can mm-hmm. do shit like that. Mm-hmm. At least with one of you can make jokes that make, like, Greg's mom uncomfortable. Like, you can do that level of representation. America no. gets to, like, foil themselves through Greg's mom. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we go to... And I have at this point written down... Is Dharma actually friends with them, or is she just their therapist? Because, like, the next thing we see is her at the restaurant with one of Greg's friends, and he's just unloading all these problems on her, and I'm like, it does... I know that for the con- like for the purpose of the show, she they're treating it like a friendship, but it's like, it seems very one-sided. Like, it's more like, these men need just someone to talk to. <laughs> like, I don't know how much Dharma is actually enjoying. I think she is, but it's not like she can also be like, let me tell you about my, you know, yoga class. It was such a hard pain. Like, 
Yeah, everything about her character is that she seems very empathetic and, like, she wants to kind of be that person. But, like, mm-hmm. how many friendships have we been in where it's like, oh, my, you don't actually care about me as a person. You just need someone to unload yeah. on because yeah. you are deeply unhappy. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> um, here are a bunch of therapists. Have a nice life. Right. It is also weird that, like, all these men, I don't know if they ever come back, but, like, Pete and Greg are, like, buds. Like, they're co-workers, they're buds. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to, if you can't be emotionally intimate with someone that is that good of a friend of yours, Greg. Like, literally we saw, like, how close they got as friends. Like, in that office where he's just, like, like Dharma's friends with my friends. And he's like, ooh, ooh better look ooh. out before yeah. she starts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's not and, a helpful thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, Jane and Dharma have, a like, a, such a cool friendship where I would watch a show of just the two of them. Like, peas in a pod, please? Uh, And then at the end of this, oh, we find out the guy's name is Paul Binion, (laughs) which is a really funny joke. Paul Bunyan, Paul Binion. (laughs) Um, But then when the guy leaves that Greg, the Dharma's talking to, and Greg comes in, Dharma reveals. What if Howard had too much to drink and and hit on you? Oh, believe me, Greg, that's not going to happen. Why not? Because Howard's got a crush on you. <laughs> Which is another thing that I thought, oh, that's what, okay, that's the plot. No. <laughs> it's just one of many. Like, it doesn't actually take over the episode like I was kind of hoping it would. There were so many things threaded throughout this episode where I'm just like, when are we getting this spinoff where we resolve all yeah, of like, this? Yeah, like, where is this impotence plotline going? Like, where is all, but no, it's just, so, because the next thing we see is Gre- is the next poker game they have. And Greg is, like, he. Greg is basically turning into Jean Grey just discovering her powers kind of shit. <laughs> because, like, one of his friends is, like, um, betting too much. And he hears in his head Dharma saying, like, he just went bankrupt. And then, and <laughs> wait, what, was the, what are the other ones? There, the one just went bankrupt. The other was, um. I can't remember what it said about the impotent guy. Yeah, it was like everyone has impotence issues or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Basically. It's like, then the, the, the gay one gets excited or like says something to Greg. So like, don't get excited. Like. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is basically Greg being haunted by all of the things that Dharma has uncovered about his friends. Yeah. All of which are like important <sighs> things that are that relevant that to the know. best people, but is apparently like haunting him and wrecking his yeah. ability to participate in his beloved poker game. It is also, so this is a weird thing where like, I do feel like I am close with like in high school. Every time my mom would ask me, so like, what, it, like what's, what's Nicole doing? What's April doing? Like, what, where, how are their jobs going? I would always be like, I have no idea. And my mom like, you don't, what do you guys, she would always say, what do you guys talk about? And in my head, I'm like, literally everything, apparently, except for, like, how is your job going? (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're, like, the basic, fundamental, like, how's your financial stability? How's your relationship going? Like, those, like, kind of, like, bedrock things we never talk about. But instead, it's just, like, I don't know, pop culture. But it always felt very deep. It was like, I feel like I know them, but do I not? I don't know. Like... You can talk for hours and I guess not talk about anything. But a lot of it too, I think, comes like that level. You just kind of eventually you get to a point where like if something was wrong, you can say things. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing is like I know and shit is definitely wrong with my like close friends and we don't always have to be like, so before we start, for fun stuff, <laughs> what's the update? Um, Parents? <laughs> like, Are your accounts in order? Just like read through the minutes and then you can get to like. So, did you watch like the latest episode of Selling Sunset on Netflix? 
don't. It's garbage. But maybe it's interesting. I don't know. Um, definitely not going to do a Selling Sunset podcast, to tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but that, Greg ends that scene by being like, okay, you know what? I'm out. Have all my chips. Looks him in the face. Paul Binion, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Really good, like, button on that joke. It was, yeah, it was actually, he kind of managed to, like, get through everyone's issues and then ended right on Paul. Yeah. And I wish that there had been, like, a thing of, like, like, oh, oh, Paul, 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 right. But they didn't do that. So then we get, we cut back to the duck plot, and now uh, Dharma's parents, Abby, and I can't remember her dad's name, are there. And Very long ponytail. Very long ponytail, man. So Abby uh, studied bird brains in college. So it's very funny. So she's there to, like, get the ducks out. She has a duck call. It's very quick. Like, there's not really much, like, that scene happens. And then we're back to the well, original. This is also, I think, too, where the dad gets really um, invested in his, like, moral integrity of, like, Can I get you something, Mr. Finkelstein? Whoa, Celia. Sorry. No, you don't have to wait on me. I cannot endorse by my actions any system that places one human being in servitude to another. I just made a picture of strawberry margaritas. Well, if they're already made. He's like shrug and it takes his shoulders up past his ears almost. And he's like, the Mo! most sitcom shrug I've ever seen in my life. It makes me realize how much fun it must be an actor to be on these kind of shows. Because you can just go for that and Chew. it's just like, Chew on it. you just go for it. Who cares? It's yeah. so much fun. Ugh, I love it. Uh, this is where, so... So then Dharma's, like, going to see a, like, one of Greg's uh, poker buddies has, like, an art showing. And Dharma's like, yeah, so there's some charcoal paintings of you at the gym. Which, also, okay. This is the part That's where I believe... That's a big swing. Yes. Because I'm like, is... this poor gay guy. He has drawn charcoal etchings of his friend at the gym and is d- displaying them on a show... That I has. Do you think he's invited Greg to come, or is no? Probably not. They're probably not that close. Because in my head, I was thinking if he invited Greg to this, this might have been his plan of like I'm telling him tonight. He's going to come. He's going to see these charcoal drawings. He's going to finally know. But since they don't even talk about literally anything, he definitely never told them about charcoal drawings. He never invited him anywhere. Dharma only knows knows this because she's his therapist now. But at the same time, so first of all, like this is where like Greg's toxic masculinity spiral, like it has kind of been a gradual down uh, yeah. decline, and this is where it really kind of starts to hit yeah. new lows. But also, can we also just like, unpack the fact that he has observed Greg at the gym yeah. enough to make charcoal drawings? That's like, also wild. These don't. I mean, not having a... I haven't done anything with charcoal since high school, but at <laughs> least it takes, like, an hour yeah. like, to get, like, this down. That's like, That is a lot. I guess if you spend all your time not talking about your feelings under any circumstances to anyone, it comes out in the form of charcoal. But like, also, was Greg just, like, working out and, like, know, being like, like, hey, Howard, what you doing over there, was buddy? It all from memory, I wonder. Or like, was he taking photos in the locker room? I mean, honestly, all there's the no scen- way this is good. All the scenarios are very sad and very creepy. So, so basically, uh, Greg is like, "I'm gonna get back at Dharma and be like, no, uh, actually, I'm just thinking I was gonna hang out with Jane tonight." And Dharma's like, "Oh, great, cool. Well, I hope you guys have fun. Bye." And then we get, I think maybe what got the biggest laugh of me of the entire episode is Greg immediately grabs their bright orange phone, calls Pete. Speak to me, Pete. It's Greg. 
Hey, what's up? Well, your brilliant plan backfired. Now I actually have to hang out with Freaky Jane, or Dharma's gonna find out. <laughs> I'm not in. Leave a message, and then get out of the gene pool, you idiot. I just love, I miss dumb answering machine jobs. <laughs> like, this was just the kind of joke that was done all the time. On every show, had, as soon as, from the invention of answering machines on, Everyone, the kooky asshole character in any cast always had that message. And it was funny every time. <laughs> Which, like, literally has carried through to, like, Archer. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's a whole gag oh, in Archer. God. His, like, shitty, psych, voicemail message thing. And so then we go to Jane's apartment. Which we touched upon earlier, but, like, we gotta... So Jane's apartment has... It's just, like, it's honestly like a club that Stefan would describe... And it's like, Jane's apartment has everything. This is the hottest place in the world. It's the hottest building. The hardest apartment in Dharma's building is Jane's apartment. It's got a, like, a biker lesbian, a folk singer on an electric guitar. Maybe a Norwegian vampire. (laughs) An eight foot tall Norwegian vampire. Dick Clark. Like, literally Dick Clark. Dick Clark will lick your face. Yeah. Uh, a Vulcan is also there. Like, the the entire club is decked out like the Florida Everglades. <laughs> because there Maybe are, like, there little... there are no windows, but they're definitely on, an, like, the upper floor. <laughs> yeah, it is great. And so, like, there's a couple make... Oh, no, Jane is making out with the Vulcan, the, like, folk singer with... She has, like, a severe, like, dark bob, like, a, it's like a black bob, like, bang. It's a very 90s, yeah, like, like, punky like a, bob. Yeah, like a black turtleneck, is she wearing, like, um, she's singing, everyone's making out, or, like, groove, dancing very awkwardly, then Greg opens the door, and then Jane immediately introduces him as a cop, <laughs> which I also remember that joke immediately. I also remember the singer immediately starting to sing a song about how he's a cop. Scared cop. All the cop and Satan. Scared cop. Little tasseled mama's boy. Scared cop. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. I remember all those jokes. Wild. She had a very, like, cool girl 90s singer <clears throat> voice. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I wonder if she was someone. Like, if she was, like, a producer or songwriter or, like, she definitely did some coffee house gigs. Yeah. I honestly thought this was a coffee house set at first, and then I realized, no, this is Jane's apartment. <laughs> like, she lives here 24-7. Uh, and then Greg's like, well, I don't really want to play the game, so I'll just be the witness, or I'll just, like, watch. And they're like, like, oh, you're going to be the watcher. No one's ever volunteered to be the watcher before. And then the, the it's got an old lady. She's like, no one's ever <laughs> volunteered before. Yeah. And... The watcher, everyone licks his face. No one ever actually explains what the game is. It all just becomes, let's lick Greg's face. Let's lick Greg's face. Which he's super cool about, doesn't freak out. Not at all. He's totally fine. He's like, I am willing to go on this ride. He's not. He tries to route, but he opens the door and Dick Clark is there. And it's a very Twilight Zone-y moment where, like... He really is. Hi, I'm Dick Clark. (laughs) Oh, hi. Listen, you don't want to come in here. It's just a... You must be the watcher. Huh? Just these wide eyes and just yeah. this big, like, grin. Like, he could yeah. have been licking his face or just, like, eating I his eyeballs. Yeah. It is all, it's crazy to see Dick Clark. Like, I don't look right? so, I mean, I guess it's the season finale, so maybe they have Budger, like, pull out some stops, call some favors. 
Uh, I guess Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve airs on ABC, so there's a relationship there. Maybe $25,000 Pyramid aired on ABC, too. I don't actually know. Uh, it is weird that he was, like, cool with... Yeah, I'll go almost lick Thomas Gibson's face. <laughs> it was probably, like, Dick Clark's contract that year. You have to be, like, yeah. a special guest on, on all like, of the water. ABC yeah. shows. Maybe he was on everyone that night. Who knows? <laughs> so, uh, then we cut back to the Ducks subplot, and Dharma's Greg is grilling, or he's barbecuing, and, uh... Dharma's mom asks, like, what are you, wait, that isn't what I think it is. And he's like, hey, if you smell grilling humans, you wouldn't stick around, would you? And pretty gross and weird. Funny. Accurate? I mean, I would not hang around anywhere. Run. She's also wearing a <laughs> yeah. scuba suit because she's going to, like, get in there and I guess, like, talk to them face to face. Yeah, Dharma's mom's approach to getting the ducks to move is the same way you would approach, like, family counseling, like, human family counseling. Yeah. Let's all just hang out in the room together. Yeah. (laughs) They're ducks. They are. They're ducks. Uh, What a weird plot line. You get this script this week, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, well, I'm not in the A plot, but I have this, okay, ducks, cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, so then we get basically the the all, like resolution of the plot. The poker scene is like they're all hanging out at this bar. Um, Dharma's with all of Greg's friends. He shows up. Basically, it's like a group therapy session, and like all the guys are complaining of like we want to turn the poker into like a discussion group, but Greg keeps like poo pooing it. They have the all. They have all acknowledged that, like, Greg doesn't fit in with, like, yeah. the new paradigm. They've all self-actualized. And it's, like, really nice. They're all, like, really good. Legitimately happy. Like, yeah. they're embracing one yeah. another. Pete shows up. Also, I noted, like, and when they do the group hug, Dharma, like, Greg looks over at the group. All of them are hugging, except Pete, who's, like, looking back at him, very afraid. And I was just like, aw, poor baby. <sighs> You're a horrible... <laughs> you're kind of a bad bro, but get, you're get adorable. Get dose of toxic masculinity. Uh, yeah. Probably not a phrase I've used enough on this podcast, frankly, well, because this show was rife with you know, it. Yes, and it's the, kind of a, the jam. It, it really was. So the the episode ends... Well, no, there, so there are the two closing scenes of the episode. The first one resolving the poker thing is Greg comes back to the apartment, and Dharma has... Because Dar- Greg realizes, like, he tells Dharma, like, I just... That's how you ruined it. Once a week, I like to sit down with guys I don't really know and talk about things I don't really care about. <laughs> you like it that way? Yes. Do you know how long it took to find five insensitive guys in California? We had to bring Stuart in from Chicago. And on one hand, like, oh, okay, like, okay, uh, that, I understand that. But also, in my head, like, I could never want that. That sounds, that has no appeal to I don't understand why someone would that would be appealing. Because he definitely has that relationship with people he works with, right? I mean, it seems isn't like, like it. Isn't that what a job is? Is going and being, like, in some cases, it's like going and being with people that you don't know that well. And you don't, I mean, not my job. We actually all, like, hang out outside of work sometimes. But I think that's a fluke. <laughs> like, I think everyone else on my floor at work definitely has that relationship where it's like, I don't really know these people. We just talk about things I don't care about. Right. And I think if you get into, like, a big enough workplace, also, like, you're never going to know everyone you work with. Like, so it's always just kind of like you see people that you acknowledge and you're like, hello, fellow human. This one thing I know we both like, let's talk about the Mets for a hot second. Did you catch Game of Thrones? Well, we can't all talk about that, except me, because I've never seen it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so it's, it's weird that he also wants that outside of work as well. 
But you know what? For the plot of an episode, sure. What is interesting, though, is that this denouement actually finally comes in him telling Dharma how he feels. Oh, yeah. It's actually him opening up and doing what she's wanted all along. And he has a positive... Like, something positive happens out oh, of wow, that. Yeah. Like, she actually is like, It's oh, a good message. Oh, cool. So okay. she, she then goes and finds him. So he comes back to the apartment, and she is populated with people he does not know. Which, it's like, it's again, it's another Stefan sketch. Because it's like, um, a, a guy, like, it's a, it's a monk, a mailman, a guy who looks like a giant boy scout, or like a scout leader, a I, troop leader. I would fucking hope he's a scout leader. Because like, uh, otherwise <laughs> it's just like... Oh, you have some delayed uh, some issues. Oh, okay. And then also, like, it looks like a uh, like a grocery store clerk, and then just like a dude. Truly, people like literally off the street. Like she yeah. clearly just like walks the block and was you, like, you, you, "Do you, you play you. poker? Do you play poker? Do yeah. you play poker?" <laughs> Great. And it's like, oh, good, like cool, and they're all into it. And then the other plotline resolves with um. So Dharma's parents are like, oh, you know, they're here to mate, but what if other animals moved in on their mating territory? Would that drive them away? And they're like... They would consider it a threat to their resources and probably go away. Hell yeah, they do. So, they fuck. Uh, In the pool, at the pool, and... We find out that... Greg's dad. Greg's dad is a freak. Peeping. Peeping Tom watching just, that. But not even, like, peeping. Like no, He's so just watching. No, he's just, like, straight up watching. He's got a glass. He poured himself a drink yes, to observe yeah. this, yeah, like, and free love Kitty session. walks up and is like, oh, what are you watching? Oh, my God. And that's the end of the episode. She so, freaks the fuck out, runs away. He remains. Yet to watch. Staring. So I will say glass this eyed. show. So before this, a couple episodes before this, there was an episode, which I think is a hilarious, hilarious premise. The week that the series finale of Seinfeld aired, Dharma and Greg aired an episode where, um, so Jane and Dharma have a contest to see who can fuck in the most public or, like, weirdest place, and at the beginning of the episode, Jane, I can't remember where she fucks, but she wins, like, I think it's like a duck statue. Whoa! Was it a duck statue? Because if so, then that is some circular whatever... Um, so she, so Dharma's like, we have to get the statue back. Me and Greg have been fucking in boring places. And so, because they know everyone's going to be indoors watching the Seinfeld finale, their whole plan is like to go fuck on the steps of City Hall, I think. It's definitely in public, and it might be in City Hall. So the entire episode is built around them having sex in public, and when they get to the steps of City Hall, they, like, hide, like, Greg's parents show up, Dharma and Greg, like, hide, and then Dharma, and then Greg's parents, I think it's Greg's parents, have sex next to them on the steps in public, but no one's around because Seinfeld's over. Or Seinfeld's uh, airing. And so I'm like, this show loves public sex. <laughs> this so show, that's why that singer this show has, has a particularly, like, it's just very, like, sexual. Yeah, it's a, it's a horny show and everyone is having a good time. <laughs> Me and, you know, everyone's consenting adults here. Yeah. And then um, in season two, Jane and Pete hook up. Um... Oh. Yeah, that happens. Oh. Uh, I think it's also because they realize, like, oh, God, the premise of our show is, like, an, an oddball couple gets together, but then by season two, it's like, well, they <laughs> know each other. Let's get an odder couple Yeah, it's like, well, together. they know each other now, we gotta, so we, we, need to, up. we need to heighten. Plus. I gotta plus this. So are you ready for some must-have facts? 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The ratings for this episode... 11 million people watched this episode, which is like blockbuster for today's ratings. Very middling for them. It was uh, ranked number 37 for the week, tied with Cosby. <laughs> his uh, his 90s sitcom, not his not the original. So the top five shows of the week. Number five was a rerun of Seinfeld. <laughs> a rerun of Seinfeld. Wow. Four was Murphy Brown. Three was Frasier. Two was Dateline. And number one was Frasier. They aired two episodes of Frasier that week, and they were both in the top five. So good on you, Frasier. Now, here is ABC's Wednesday night lineup that is... Pretty iconic in my memory. 8 p.m. Spin City. 8.30. Dharma and Greg. 9 o'clock. The Drew Carey Show. 9.30. Two guys are on the pizza place. Oh my god. So, I mean, that Wednesday night lineup, I was, I loved that lineup. I watched it every week. I don't think I ever watched Spin City, but I watched the other three. So, like, Ryan Reynolds, to me, is Two Guys, A Girl, on the Pizza... Well, he's actually 15 on Nickelodeon, two guy, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and then Two Guys, A Girl, on the Pizza Place, Ryan Reynolds. Wow, that's a deep cut, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, it's all... It's streaming. It's his very first acting role ever was on a Canadian soap opera. A Canadian teen soap. Imagine Saved by the Bell, but air quote, dramatic. <laughs> and it's all... Season one is streaming on Prime Video, and as far as Ryan Reynolds, when he is... I think 14. Oh my god, that's like pre-Degrassi. like pre Degrassi. Yeah. Oh, it, it actually like... It's like proto-Degrassi. So Degrassi, like the original Degrassi aired from like 79 to 88, and then it was off the air, and then it came back. Like 15 is what Canada did in between Degrassi. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like it literally ran for that. And I remember Nickelodeon got the rights to it, and they would air it, like I think kind of like a little bit on a delay, and it had... The first time I ever learned what an alcoholic was was because of that show, because one of the bullies becomes an alcoholic at, a fi- at the age of 15. So. Oh, God. Every episode is a very special episode. Yeah. Yeah. The first episode is um, Ryan Reynolds' parents are, getting, parents are getting divorced. And also, it's a, it's a show about teens. There are no adults on the show. They are in a high school. The entire show takes place in a high school. There are no parents. I don't even think there's really a student body. And they spend a lot of time in the soda shop that's in the high school. It's wild. But Two Guys Girl on a Pizza Place also gave us Nathan Fillion eventually. It did. Yeah. I don't... Oh, yeah. So, uh, Darman and Greg, like, it did okay this season, but it really peaked in the ratings in season three. Like, that was the height of its popularity. And then it fell like a rock. 
and then was canceled by season five. Mm-hmm. Um, on IMDb, 73 users rated this episode a 7.9. Did you go higher or lower? Or is that right on the money? You know, I actually would... I might give it even like an 8.5. I would give it maybe a little higher. Yeah. Because I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, I really did. And I, yeah. I would say, yeah, I would definitely say like an 8, 8.3. Like, it's... I think I think Dharma and Greg, that Family Guy joke might have done like lasting damage because I don't think people remember Dharma and Greg fondly. Also, that Family Guy joke seems very accurate. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like a lot of that stuff. It's like it's oh, it's like yeah, it's fairly accurate, but also like it's glossing over a lot. Yeah, um, I guess also when, when you name a guys. show Dharma and Greg, like it seems is the most sitcommy name for a sh- it's a very it's an easy it makes it an easy punchline like Dharma and Greg because it just seems so frivolous mm-hmm. and like stupid, mm-hmm. but the most like out there hippie name yeah. with like the most like, land, like I'm boring Greg, Greg. guy, yeah, like literally his middle name could be Slacks. Yeah. Greg Slacks Montgomery. Greg Slacks Montgomery. Scott Slim Summers. Don't um, make him cool. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make Slacks actually makes him way cooler. Oh, shit. Damn. He would he's <laughs> not cool enough for Slacks. He's uh Oh wow. Every like trousers is a cool nickname. Pants is a pretty cool nickname. <laughs> Steamed shirt. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Starched collar. Uh, which is also a joke in this episode. Um who had the must see performance? It, it's, I, I want to go to Howard. Poor Howard. Oh, yeah. Poor guy. He's just trying to live his truth. He is just trying to get by. And I, lo- like... I love that, that poker scene after we find out that he's gay and his shirt is unbuttoned like one button too much. And I thought that was going to be... I didn't the... notice that. No, but like he... Because in the first, he's like wearing suspenders. He's like very buttoned up. But then the next one, he's like, hey. And like... He's Dumb getting... is helping him live his exactly. truth. He's getting a little more comfortable. Um, I will, I will give it to Jane, I think, just cause I love, she's such a scene, scene stealer. It takes a lot to out weird Dharma, who is supposed to be the weird character. Yes. And she does a good job. She's very much like the Jane to Dharma's Daria. Whoa. Oh. Is that, that can't be, that's not intentional. No. No, I mean, they, there's no way. Anyway. No. <laughs> no, cause Daria first appeared in Beavis and Butthead before this show came out. Mm. Jane is honest. Jane is just a very common name. That's a coincidence. Uh, I'll do an hour-long documentary episode about this one thing. No. Must other people see this episode of television? Must they? <laughs> as as much as you must do anything in your life, but I really think this was a really like good episode, and I really think like the point about like when you look at it with like your 2019 eyes... Yeah. Compared to, like, your 1998 eyes. Like, you really walk away with this being, like, she just, like, helped a bunch of, like, dudes who were really stuck in, like, these really straight-laced, stereotypical gender roles, like, really break out and, like, have some, like, encourage, like, healthy, positive expressions of, like, their masculinity and, like, come together as friends. Like, they wanted to stay together as friends. They wanted to continue to have these, like, breakthroughs (laughs) and relationships. Where's their spin Literally, like, you watch this and you're like, this is a really good, this is a surprisingly good example of, like, healthy (laughs) male relationships. And I honestly, I do kind of wonder, I think the show might have, I think that might be an accident. I think (laughs) it is, and I do think it is by accident. (laughs) But also, like, the point you made about, like, she also does help Greg. 
Like, yeah. he finally opens up to her and is like, like, if he had said that minute one, like, if instead of the whole, like, Cindy Crawford thing, if he'd been like, hey, like, it, I don't want to, like, you can be, if he's like, you can be friends with him, just don't tell me anything to tell you just because I want to, like, I need to preserve this as well. Dharma would have been like, cool, awesome. I won't, like, tell you about all this stuff. Well, she's also, you know, patient client confidentiality because she is their therapist. Like, uh, And then uh, the whole episode would have just been about ducks. Yeah. I would also say uh, people should definitely go back and watch that Seinfeld episode of this show. I think it's like a couple episodes before this one of them fucking Dharma. There's also an episode that was that's called Dharma and Greg's Winter Olympics episode, which I guess aired during when ABC had the Winter Olympics because it's all about all the men going and bobsledding and all the women going out and uh, I think trying to get Kitty laid or something because I don't know. There's also an ongoing plot line with Dharma with Greg's parents getting split up, but they're obviously fine in this episode. So anyway, <laughs> um. Yeah! Do you want to read from the big book of sitcoms? Oh my god. Oh my... Okay. I always forget to get this out. Okay. I'm gonna... I'm gonna do something. Since I usually let people choose years, and they always choose the same years, I'm just gonna go to the very beginning. And we're gonna talk about a sitcom, except that I should also probably tell you what this book even is... Have I read... What is this? The beginning of the book. I know, I honestly, I'm just realizing I haven't um, read all of this part of the book. Anyway, the great sick, <laughs> the great TV sitcom book by Rick Mitz is a big textbook-sized book from 1982 that has little capsule-sized reviews and synopses of every single sitcom that's ever existed, in theory, uh, most of which only lasted one season and every episode I like to go back and uh, talk about one of these short-lived shows that we will literally never, ever, ever talk about on this show because they've all been lost to time. So we are going to travel to 1949-1950 TV season. I didn't even realize serialized TV was a thing. Fucking wild. <laughs> like, this is brief little I Love Lucy. So, which one do you want to hear about? Apartment 3C, The Hartmans, Heavens to Betsy, the Life of Riley, Lum and Abner, or The Pinky Lee Show? Uh, I'm gonna go... Oh, man. I was all heavens to Betsy until you read Pinky Lee Show. <laughs> I just... Oh, Pinky Lee. Like, Spots Bonanza. Like, that's just like... Those are just words together uh, that, like, sound uh, great. The Pinky Lee Show. So... Five... I'm not gonna do it that, that voice. Um, oh, that's actually... Five years before... Five years before he would charm the pants off of us after school on Saturday mornings, Pinky Lee tried to score in this sitcom. He tried again two years later with those two. This time, though, it was a semi-sitcom in which Lee, playing someone known as The Stagehand, worked in a vaudeville theater dressed in baggy clothes, ready and willing to fill in for singers and comics who couldn't make it. Also in the show, William Bakewell as the stage manager. The show was shot live from Hollywood and sent to the rest of the U.S. via kinescope. Incidentally, Pinky Lee's real name was Pincus Leff. He changed it for business purposes. Huh, the Pinky Lee show, huh? Uh, Pincus Leff. Pincus Leff is a Star Wars character. That is... <laughs> if it isn't yet, it is definitely like Admiral Leff. <laughs> you came out of hyperspace too early. <laughs> like, that is what it is. It's true. Or, oh, Pincus! Fire for their, like, legs! <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't Pink, you can't hold them. So what is wild about this? So one of the other old shows we talked about in the podcast was uh, Life with Elizabeth, which was Betty White's sitcom. The first, she was the first woman to ever executive produce her own sitcom in the 50s, because Betty White is the fucking queen of television. She yeah. has been going on since before the medium was invented. Uh, but in that show, it's like not a, it's not a sitcom. It is a sketch show where every episode is like three different, like, seven minute vignettes or whatever. And so it's interesting that, like, this one also said, like, it's a semi sitcom where it seems more like, Pinky Lee is playing a character who works at a vaudeville thing, and then he gets to perform for people that don't show up. So, there's not, like, a plot. It's, yeah. like, a heightened reality. It's, like, a bit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a very, like, Mad TV-type sketch yeah. show style where there is, like... That's so weird. It's so weird going back and seeing, like, yeah, before I Love Lucy hit, like, people didn't know what to do with TV comedy. No. Yeah. Like, it's like, uh, uh, we have half hour, like, literally do anything. Well, but I think, like, I mean, I think, nail, like, describing it as, like, vaudeville. Yeah. But, like, okay, how do we get vaudeville but on this, this yeah. giant box? That we then, oh, and, like, also, like, Kinescope is also wild. Because, like, Kinescope was, like, you would do TV live, and it would go out to, like, TV stations live and whatever coast you are. But if you wanted to show it again or preserve it... You had to literally set another camera up at a monitor to record the monitor. <laughs> and that is how kinescopes, like, come in. Like, that's how we have what little TV we still have from that era is because of that. And it wasn't until I Love Lucy invented shooting things on film mm-hmm. and editing them together like a movie. Like, it, it's so... The Wild West of it is very fascinating to me. And it also just shows that, like, when you go back and watch Isle of Lucy now, 60 years later, it still holds up. Like, it's wild how, like, yeah, they invented the forum, and, yeah, it works. <laughs> like, put them in a predicament, watch for a half hour. You're yeah. good. <laughs> no. Before, yeah, no, the formula was... I, I mean, like... It's that's a winner, just, baby. No, but for real, like, it's the same shit as, like, science. Like, yeah. those basic they fundamental cra- equations, <laughs> like... Just like calculating force, like, that shit doesn't go away. That's yeah. still mass times acceleration. <laughs> but no, but this is, like, but with situations. It's a shame that Pincus Left didn't, uh, I don't know. I don't know, maybe Pincus Left did some more stuff in the 50s. Maybe I should look up, I don't I've never heard of Pinky Lee before. No. I've heard of Pinky Tuscadero. I mean. But that was, like, 30, 20, icon. 25 years after this. 1949. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So where can people talk to you online about Pincus Left? And Dharma and Greg. Oh my goodness. Um, Insta is honestly, Instagram is like generally it's, it's the, the safe haven. I, the safe space. I, it is my safe space. It's where a lot of just like free associating happens. So climb on board <laughs> um, at MKOK. M-K-A-Y-E-O-K. Hurrah! And that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Megan Kay, for dropping by and talking about Dharma and Greg with me. Next time, we will be kicking off Must Have Seen TV Pride Month, talking about the Cheers gay episode, The Boys in the Bar. The Boys in the Bar is in Season 1, Episode 16, and you can stream Cheers on Netflix, Hulu, Prime Video, and more. And I just want everyone to know that our guest next week is... Uh, I don't know, TV legend? I'll go legend. Dave Holmes. Dave Holmes will be on the podcast talking about Cheers, the boys in the bar. 
I'm excited. Now you're excited. Until then, I want to hear from all of you. Tweet your questions about sitcoms to Must Have Seen TV on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Must Have Seen TV. If you like what you've heard, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts, and I'll read your review on the air. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. Read the words that I write at Decider.com. The theme song is Apollo Throwdown by The Go Team. Thanks, Acast, for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening. And I'll see you next time on Must Have Seen TV. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.